Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here, we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we are discussing the art of apologizing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. BetterHelp is a service I used myself. After having my first daughter, I was dealing with a whirlwind of emotions and seeing a therapist on BetterHelp allowed me to work through those emotions and tap into the mental clarity I desperately needed. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash black marriage today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash black marriage. If you struggle to say sorry and offer your spouse authentic apologies in your relationship, you are not alone. It is human nature to want to defend yourself when being critiqued about your behavior. But it is essential that as couples, we learn the art and dance of apologizing. Apologizing used to be very hard for me because put it straight, I was bad at it. My perfectionism, blaming, and shame reflex would fuel my already poor apologizing skills. When I felt like I was being critiqued, I would get defensive. So instead of hearing my husband and his grievances, I would spend that time building evidence to build my case. As soon as my husband was done speaking, I will rattle off all the reasons why he was wrong, why I was right, and why there was clearly no reason for me to apologize. I did this until I was blue in the face and my husband was so exhausted, he would just concede. I had no clue how much I was hurting him once for the mistake I made and then again for not apologizing. In his words, he says, it's not the fact that you made the mistake, that's human, is that you double down. Since then, I have made a conscious effort to fix the way I apologize, mainly through trial and error, but recently through two books that I've added to my library. One is The Five Languages of Apology by Dr. Gary Chapman and Why Won't You Apologize by Dr. Harriet Lerner. These two books help both my husband and I add language to our feelings and help us to add deeper understanding to apologizing. So I'm so excited to share with you all that I've learned. In this episode, we will discuss the importance of apologies, the wrong way to apologize versus the right way to apologize, and the different ways people receive apologies. Of course, at the end, we will add tips and tricks and practical advice to help you learn the art of apologizing in your relationship. If you have been enjoying the content, please follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy, rate us on your podcast platform, and share your favorite episode with a friend. I am so excited for this episode, y'all. Let's get into it, okay? Because 
I knew apologizing was important. I didn't know how important it was. I didn't know how important it was until I really start reading about it. And it really gave me language to understand the importance of apologizing. And that's the first thing that I want to talk to you about. Why apologizing is so important in your relationship. At some point in time in marriage, you will make a mistake, fail, or disappoint your spouse. This is to be expected because why? We are human beings. But then what happens after that, right? The mistake is often the rift that caused the disconnection. The apology is the opportunity to rebuild that connection. Like mistakes, apologizing should be a common practice, but often couples struggle to offer a solid apology in order to protect themselves, or they may just be ignorant of what a good apology looks like, or maybe they don't know what to do when they feel they are right and struggle to apologize and admit any wrong because they feel like they're right in the situation. The first thing that we're talking about in this podcast and the thing that we need to learn is why apologizing is so important in any relationship. But of course, we're talking specifically in our marital relationship. In the words of Dr. Harriet Lerner, apologizing is not about saying sorry. It's about laying the groundwork for future connection. This is the framework or the concept that I want you all to have throughout this episode. It's easy to just teach you all the ways to get back on your spouse's good side. But if you never learn why it's important, the art of apologizing will not grow roots in your heart. You have to have a deeper understanding of why apologizing is so important. So just to explain that a little bit more, when the relationship matters, the failure to say I'm sorry and apologize appropriately can erode connection. Whenever we make mistakes, failures, or disappointments in our relationship, oftentimes that is a moment of disconnection. And it varies, right? You have your everyday hurts, as Dr. Harriet Lerner expresses, right? Everyday hiccups, but then you have like deep wounds and betrayal that can come from your spouse, right? Those moments are times of disconnection where we feel betrayed or hurt by our spouse. A good apology is laying a groundwork for us to reconnect. I'm pretty sure some of you guys can think about a time where somebody wronged you and the person either did not apologize at all, which sucks. But for me, what's even worse than that is the person tried to apologize and just gave one of those flim flam whack apologies. And I'm like, um, I'd rather you just not apologize. That's me personally. But remember that feeling and how much it sucks and also how you felt about that person afterwards. That is what's happening in your relationship when you don't apologize well you're slowly but surely disconnecting from your spouse by not addressing and acknowledging and validating their hurts and their experiences. And over time, that erodes connection. So that is the foundation. Think about think about apologizing, not just as I'm saying sorry and not just about getting, getting back into my spouse's good graces. Think about it as an opportunity to rebuild connection after a hurt or a betrayal. 
So moving on, I want to talk about the wrong way versus the right way of apologizing. I also want to add context to this conversation and make it a whole well-rounded conversation by saying that apologizing is not just straightforward. There's an art and there's a dance to apologizing. There's sometimes, and I love this book because it really does this well. It really talks about all the versions of apologizing. It's not like you have to talk until you're blue in the face every single time you apologize. It's not like you have to only apologize with words. Sometimes, especially in marriage, we apologize just by action. We may apologize by, you know, just just getting up and cleaning those dishes or just, you know, offering our spouse something to eat, right? It's not the go-to method, but it's also a form of apologizing. Also, there is some complexities in apologizing when you feel like you are right, when you feel like, no, that person is wrong. And when there's deep hurt and betrayal, when you're trying to figure out forgiveness and all these things, there's so many layers and levels of understanding when it comes to apology. And I want to add that here because I don't want to play you all and just make it feel like, oh, all feel good. You just have to learn how to say sorry the right way. No, there's complex emotions that comes with apologizing. There's the simple, but then there's also more layers. So I just want to add that as we continue in building the groundwork on apologizing. So the first thing we want to talk about, let's get right into, is the wrong way to apologize and the right way to apologize. As I mentioned before, most people I'm going to say any adult have experienced the wrong way to apologize, right? Uh, even as a kid, like your parents, if I come from a Caribbean household, they will come in after they spanked you behind, right? Because you was jumping on a couch. I'm not saying you was right, but they weren't right either. <laughs> I'm not saying they were right to spank you, but you probably wasn't right either for jumping on a couch or breaking something or beating up your sister. <laughs> But anyways, after you've been disciplined, they will come in and they will say, you know, oh, are you hungry? Or, you know, uh, come on, let's 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 go get something to eat or, or let's go for a walk or something like that. And that's their version of apologizing or, oh, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Anyways, <laughs> in some form or fashion in your life, you have probably experienced a bad apology. <laughs> right. So now in the book. And I highly recommend that you read the whole thing because it really talks, it really gets in depth. So in the book, she talks about five ways to ruin an apology. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I thought all these were so good. I'm going to go over them real quick and give you a simplified version of what a wrong apology is, right? So she talks about avoiding the but because a but cancels an apology. An example of that is, I am so sorry that I raised my voice at you, but you got me so angry. That but just canceled the sorry that you gave. Um, The second one is... I'm sorry you feel that way. This focuses on their response instead of your behavior. 
So watch out for the I'm sorry if. That if, just like that but, is a way you can tell you're going in the wrong direction with the apology. Um, the next one is the mystifying apology. And it took me a second to understand, but after like reading it over and over again, I think I, I get I get what it is. And it's it, the example she gave was, I'm sorry what I said to you made you so upset. Rather than being held accountable for his own behavior, he was being told to take responsibility for the other person's reaction. So it's kind of the opposite of, I'm sorry you feel that way. And the, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's pushing it onto you. And the mystifying apology, and the reason why it's so sneaky is because they are taking responsibility, but they're taking responsibility for your for your reaction instead of taking responsibility for their own behavior. So instead of saying, I'm so sorry that I was late and because I was late, then you weren't able because I was late, you missed your appointment. I'm so sorry about that. They would rather take responsibility for is like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're upset that I was late. I'm like, hold on, you're, you're, this one, this one's real sneaky, y'all. You're, you're saying that I'm sorry that you're upset. Again, it's pointing to their reaction instead of your responsibility. You shouldn't be sorry that they're upset. You're sorry that you were late and then you caused them to be upset. Do you know? It was your behavior. The next one is the forgive me now. Okay, I'm not going to try to see you on this mic, but let me tell you, this one right here, I know a lot of relationships struggle with this right here, right? The forgive me now is you offer the apology, and it may be a genuine, sincere apology, but you want to push, you want to speed up the healing process. You are asking your, your partner, your spouse to forgive you right this moment. Like, I want this to be better right now. And the thing about this type of non-apology is that it's really about your own reassurance. Now, here's where there's some nuance in this conversation, which I really appreciate that this author did, right? She says that if your spouse doesn't have a problem with saying, with you saying, do you forgive me? Can you forgive me now? You know, then, hey, leave it as it is. But if your spouse doesn't like this and you fit and you're taking away their space to feel their feelings and you're forcing them and rushing genuine forgiveness, then this is something you have to correct immediately. It's not fair for your own self that you are telling them to forgive you right this moment. The last one is the intrusive apology. And that that's when you, you draw the line and you're like, listen, I no longer want to connect or I'm drawing a boundary in this area. And the person is still insisting that we talk about it over and over again or, hey, please just let me explain. Please let me apologize if you just heard me out, right? And they're still not getting it. And you're, are, you're clearly drawing a boundary. That's an ex another example of a non-apology. It's the intrusive apology. So that's the different ways to ruin apology or the wrong way to apologize. So what does a good apology look like? A good apology is really about sincerely acknowledging the offense that was done and also taking full responsibility without excuses or blame. Listen, that right there, <laughs> without excuses or blame, is my everyday struggle, is what I have tried to become more conscious of, because it is so easy for me to get defensive. I think defensiveness is human nature, but for some rather than others, it is like your way of life, right? You're always 
trying to defend yourself, trying to protect yourself. Right. So to add to her, to add to what she says is a good apology. She says that it requires general remorse and empathy, you know, for, for hurting the person, but also um, to avoid defensiveness, which is, I'm, which what I, which is what I mentioned and remaining open to feedback. Now, addition, now adding to the words and the actually in the actual conversation of apology, you have the action that goes behind it, which I think uh, Dr. Gary Chapman does a good job of trying to break down how people need to be apologized to in different ways. We receive apologies differently, right? He says that there are five main ways of apologizing or receiving apologies. And those are real quickly expressing regret, which is saying sorry, accepting responsibility, which is admitting faults, making restitution, which is, you know, making it right, uh, genuinely repenting, changing behavior, and requesting forgiveness, which is seeking pardon. Now, I did this little quiz, y'all. I did this little quiz. And my number one was making restitution. All that jibba jabba words don't mean nothing unless you are finding ways to fix the wrong. Are you unless you're finding ways to right the wrong? <laughs> so, so those are what Dr. Gary Chapman says are the five um, languages of apology, and that is what he adds to a good apology. So it's not just expressing remorse, but expressing remorse in the receiver's love language or in the receiver's um, uh, apology language, which is the five that I just mentioned. And then, and then it's pretty much the same in what he would say is a good apology: taking responsibility, seeking forgiveness, um, and just demonstrating a commitment to change. Now, specifically, a bad apology often consists of non-apologies, right? Those are what we just discussed, which is the buts and the ifs or the excuses, um, blaming the victim, minimizing the defense, this defensive responses, and a lack of genuine empathy. And Dr. Gary Chapman adds the same thing, except with his research on the five apologies, which is ignoring or neglecting the other person's love language or apology language, a lack of genuine remorse and neglecting the importance of forgiveness. So they are really in line with what an, a good apology looks like and a bad apology looks like. And um, they have some differences in regards to how you're going about that and the things that they're highlighting as super, super important. Okay, so I feel like I gave you guys a lot of like the information and the knowledge on apologizing but let's take it down to the real life nitty-gritty because that is what we do here uh jerry and i actually recently <laughs> i feel like every time i get on this podcast i'm talking about my business and it always be recently because we be living real lifestyle here i be trying to tell you like this marriage thing is every day and it's for real and it's never perfect and it's never ending okay and i just want to let somebody know out there that it's okay that you're struggling, okay? Um, even though I teach marriage, I'm experiencing marriage. Anyways, let me say less. We recently had a squabble or what Dr. Harriet would call an everyday hurt. So, you know, there was a miscommunication with getting up with the girls and I was calling him for help and he didn't come and I, I, I came in hot fire, I came in, I was spitting, spitting it out hot. And I was just like, oh, where you at? Blah, blah, blah. You know, really accusatory. And Junior got 
very heated. He got very heated and, you know, he raised his tone and I didn't like it. And as he was explaining what was happening, I'm realizing like, oh, shoot, I may be wrong. (laughs) I'm like, I may be wrong. Do I feel like I'm fully wrong? No, but I'm like, okay, wait, I can see where I'm wrong. And so he just starts going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, sir, please. Like he's lecturing at this point. And I'm like, you know what? Let me apologize for my part. I said, okay, I'm sorry. I came in here with an attitude. And he went from, (laughs) he was already at 10. Okay. We're not even, he didn't go to zero to 10. He was already at 10. He went from 10 to 20. And I'm like, oh, this guy's wilding. Like it ain't even as serious, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And he starts going on and on and on and on and on about how, why would I like, why you even apologize? And like, you know, he's like, you're doubling down. That makes it worse, blah, 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 all that stuff. We were upset the entire day. We were upset the entire day. I'm huffing and puffing. We are silent in the car, like the whole nine. And finally, after calming down, after reflecting and having, when we came back to the conversation, we realized two things. One, we both wanted the same thing, which was the benefit of the doubt. And for us to have a soft startup, which we both did not do. We both came in spitting hot fire. I also realized that my husband really cares about apologies in the moment. And I wanted to do that for him. So I was just like, let me just say I'm sorry in the moment. But because it wasn't a genuine apology and because it was just like a, all right, hush up type of apology, it hurt him even more. This whole apology thing is is not a perfect thing. And it's not like something that's like, oh, you know, now we know how to sit down. And no, like sometimes you're heated. Like that's a real thing. Sometimes you're heated. We're not always going to agree on the things that we're right or wrong about, but you just have to take responsibility and be remorseful, at least for how your behavior um, impacted them, whether you believe you're right or wrong. And that is what I've learned in this whole process, in this whole book. Now, on Junior's side, because I'm the, I was the perpetrator and I was the one who got very defensive. On Junior's side, as the, as the victim or the person who um, was hurt, even in you being hurt, um, there's still things that you can do. And one of those things is keeping it short, brevity. And especially if you're working with somebody who is defensive, Lord, I'm telling y'all, keeping it short, keeping it short is one. Um, the other one is to critique the behavior, not the person, especially if you're working with somebody who's defensive, when you critique the person, it, it excites their defensiveness it locks it down and seals it with cement so a way to help you um, express your emotions by being direct and all those things right is to also critique the behavior but not the person um, and to keep it short so those are are the two things that I would say for the person who um, is the one who got hurt so for the person in the relationship who's a defensive person and for the person in the relationship who's a non-defensive person I just want to take some time right now to kind of give you some tips and advice to help you navigate that dynamic in your relationship so starting with the defensive person. So in my case, I'm the defensive person. And at this point, I was the one who was wrong. I came in with an attitude. And that is really what caused the entire spiral to go. In the book, Dr. Lerner says that the first step is active listening. Now, 
when you're listening, you're trying to understand their perspective. You're trying to show empathy. When you're defensively listening, we are listening defensively when we listen for what we don't agree with. Ooh, that hit me so hard. I'm like, yes, okay, I got that. Let me add that to my my list. Let me add that to my, because that's wrong. That's definitely wrong. That's definitely wrong. That's how you know you're listening defensively and not listening actively for the for the person who's defensive. Um, avoid excuses. You have to take 100% full responsibility full responsibility, no excuses, be open to feedback. So that's what my husband was doing. That's what me and my husband was doing. He was saying, well, this is what you assume. This is what you didn't get right. And things like that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But critique the behavior, not the person using I statements, make sure that you're framing your apology using I statements so that you express ownership. So we talked about taking, making no excuses, full responsibility. The best way to do that is by using I statements. An example is I realize I hurt you when I blah, 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 rather than deflecting blame. And then of course, express genuine regret. This is where the empathy comes in. Are you remorseful? Like, do you feel sorry that you hurt the other person? And the person can tell, like the person can tell. And if you've ever been in that position, you can tell when someone is not genuinely remorseful or regretful for the impact of their actions. And it sucks to be that person when you know the person is not genuinely uh, remorseful. So those are the five tips for the defensive person. For the non-defensive person, I know you are the victim. I know you are hurt. I know your emotions are raging, but I promise you there is things that you can do as well that is not going to not only going to help you express yourself fully, but also create an environment for the other person to apologize to you genuinely. I know it feels like you shouldn't have to do any work because you have justified anger. And I understand that. But the truth of the matter is that the way you respond can help your spouse to give healthy apologies. The first thing is to be specific about your feelings. Clearly communicating how, um, the person's action and words affected you emotionally, focusing on the impact of the behavior rather than attributing negative motives to the other person. And a perfect example of this is like, you always do this. You want me to be upset or or you want me to feel so belittled whenever you talk to me like that. Like, don't blame it's going to add fuel to the fire. Then you're going to get a cycle of attack, counterattack, attack, counterattack. Okay. Also use I statements as well. That's another way to be specific, to avoid blame and to be explicit about how the person is hurting you. I know in the heat of the moment that this is hard, but with this knowledge, you can set a little bit of distance between your emotions taking over you and you being able to articulate yourself clearly. Number four, be open to resolution. This is such an interesting topic because Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Larry Herner have different ways about talking about forgiveness. She believes that is more on a spectrum, that there's a scale, right? And that you get to choose what percentage of forgiveness um, you have for the person. She is not trying to encourage having hatred, resentment, and bitterness in your heart. 
at the same time, she is saying that forgiveness is a process that can happen over time. And that to say that the person to say to the person all or nothing is favor to say to the person all or nothing right? Forgive them or don't forgive them is actually invalidating their experiencing and making a complex emotional situation very black and white, which can hurt them or harm them more negatively. Dr. Gary Chapman, on the other hand, you know, is more in line with it's important that you recognize the power of forgiveness and that it is for your betterment to, um, to hundred percent forgive the person and it's going to make your mental health better. So, I want to know what you think about forgiveness. Um, I have my own opinions based off my own experience, my own research, my faith background. Um, But what do you think? Do you think forgiveness is more on a spectrum or do you think forgiveness should be all or nothing? So either way, being open to resolution, especially for those everyday hurts, is going to help you guys to move forward and establish, reestablish that connection. And the last thing is set setting boundaries. This is for the non-defensive person. So if necessary, set clear boundaries for acceptable, acceptable behavior moving forward. This helps establish expectations and can contribute to preventing similar issues in the future. This is my jam right here. You know why? Because I learned that my apology language is restitution. Like I need you to tell me how this is not going to happen. My husband, he just needs a sorry. Like that, that is it for him. He's super simple. He's like, just tell me you're sorry. Make sure it's genuine. And I'm good for me. I'm like, how is this never going to happen again? Okay. How is my feelings never going to be hurt again? Right. That's a dramatic way of talking about it, but it really is about, um, listen, I don't appreciate this. I don't want this to happen again. And um, I want to set a boundary here. So how can we move forward? Like how, what's the best way for us to move forward? That is all the tips that I have for you. Um, And that's all that I have for you about apologizing on this episode. All the links to the books and everything that I've referenced is going to be in the podcast mentions in the show notes. To end, I will leave you with a quote by Dr. Lariat Herner based off her book, Why Won't You Apologize? It says, a sincere apology recognizes the emotional experience of the offended party and avoids minimizing the impact of the offense. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening and talk to you soon.